Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memar Bei Avram Goldhar, and today we're in Zerches Yevamos Daf Gimel. The first parak Chamishas Reinashim. The first parak has been generously sponsored as a schus for Mordechai Chaim Alevi Ben Esther, and as a schus for Shiloh Hagon for Gayabas Esther. So the three drops we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishnah on Daf Beis Amidav stated that there are fifteen arayos which are potros sarosen. They exempt their sorrows when they fall to yibum. Our Gemara asks. My I read the Tan Potros. Why did the Mishnah use the word Potros, which Rashi explains implies that the Tsaros are not obligated to do Yibum, however, they can if they wish. But we know that Tsaros are forbidden from doing Yibum. Least nay Osros. The Mishnah rather should have said the word Osros, that they are forbidden from doing Yibum. After the more suggests an answer and then questions it, it concludes that if the Mishnah would have said Osros, then we would think that even if one of the Arias married someone besides the person's brother, and then this husband died, that sorrow would be forbidden to the brother. Therefore, therefore, the word Potros teaches us that the Isser of Tsar's Erva is only if they marry his brother. Point number two, the Mishnah had begun, Chamesh Yisrei 15 women. The Gemara here asks, What does the number 15 in the Reisha exclude? Similarly, the safe of the Mishnah says, Hari Eo Potros. Behold, these exempt, which, similar to a number, implies that only these cases and nothing else. The more explains that these two Mi'utim are coming to exclude that which Rav said, that Tsar's Sota, that Tsar of a Sota is Pater from Yibum. And that which Ravasi said, that Tsar's Ilanis, that Tsar of an Ilanis is Pater from Yibum. Rav Adaf Yid Alf Amadav says that if one of a man's wives became a Sota, both the Sota and her Tsara do not fall to Yibum. Ravasi and Daf Yud Beis Hamadov says that if one of a man's wives was an Ilanese, both the Ilanese and the Tsaras Ilanese do not fall to Yibum. The mission is coming to teach that only the 15 women listed here accept their Tsaros from Chalitza and Yibum, but the Sota and Ilanese do not. And point number three, the Gemara brings a rice that explains the source that these 15 Arias do not fall to Yibum. One may not marry a woman and her sister to make them rival wives to uncover her nakedness upon her in her lifetime. What's the extra word aleha upon her coming to teach? The Bryce answers that since the Pasuk by Yibam states, Yavama Yavahalea, her Yavam shall cohabit with her. And one might think that this is even in a case where the Yavama is one of the Arayos. Therefore, the Gezer Shava of Alea is coming to teach Malaham B'makam Mitzvah, Afkam B'makam Mitzvah. Just as the Pasuk of Yibam is dealing where there's a Mitzvah, so to the Pasuk of Achvus Ishto is referring to when there's a Mitzvah of Yibam. And the Pasuk there concludes, Osikach, you shall not take a woman in addition to her sister. We therefore read the Pasuk of Achvus Ishto as follows, One may not marry a woman and her sister even to do Yibam. The Gemara continues bringing the source for Tsaros being forbidden and then explains that we learn the halacha of Yibum of the other Arayos from the halacha of Yibum by Achazishto. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishan Daf Beis Amadav stated that there are 15 Arayos which are Potros Sarosen. They exempt their Tsaros when they fall to Yibum. Agmar asks, Ma'ay read the ton of Potros. Why did the Mishnah use the word Potros, which Rashi explains implies that the Tsaros are not obligated to do Yibum. However, they can if they wish. But we know that Tsaros are forbidden from doing Yibum. The Mishnah rather should have said the word Osros, that they are forbidden from doing evil. After the more suggests an answer and then questions it, it concludes that if the Mishnah would have said Osros, then we would think that even if one of the Arayos married someone besides a person's brother, and then this husband died, that Tsar would be forbidden to the brother. Therefore, the word Potros teaches us that the Isra of Tsar's Erva is only if they marry his brother. Point number two, the Mishnah had begun, Nashmi, 15 women. The Gemara here asks, What does the number 15 in the Reisha exclude? Similarly, the same for the Mishnah says, potros. Behold, these exempt, which, similar to a number, implies that only these cases and nothing else. The Gemara explains that these two Miyutim are coming to exclude that which Rav said, that a Tsar's Sota, the Tsar of a Sota is Pater from Yibum. 
And that which Ravasi said, that Tzara's Ilanis, a Tzara of an Ilanis is part from Yibam. Ravandaf Yudalf Amadav says that if one of a man's wives became a Sota, both the Sota and her Tzara do not fall to Yibam. Ravasi and Daf Yudbeisamadav says that if one of a man's wives was an Ilanis, both the Ilanis and the Tsaras Ilanis do not fall to Yibum. The Mishnah is coming to teach that only the 15 women listed here exempt their Tsaros from Chalitza and Yibum, but the Sota and Ilanis do not. And pointing with you, the Gemara brings a Bryce that explains the source that these 15 Arayos do not fall to Yibum. The Pasuk states, One may not marry a woman and her sister to make them rival wives to uncover her nakedness upon her in her lifetime. What is the word Aleha upon her coming to teach? The Bryce answers, since the Pasuk by Yibum states, Yavama Yava Aleha, her Yavam shall cohabit with her, one might think that this is even in a case where the Yavama is one of the Arayas. Therefore, the Gezer Shava of Aleha is coming to teach that Malahalim b'makum mitzvah, Afkan b'makum mitzvah. Just as the Pasuk of Yibam is dealing where there's a mitzvah, so too the Pasuk of Akhlis Ishto is referring to when there's a mitzvah of Yibam. And the Pasuk there concludes, Osikach, you shall not take a woman in addition to her sister. We therefore read the Pasuk of Akhlis Ishto as follows, One may not marry a woman and her sister, even to do Yibum. The Gemara continues bringing the source for its sorrows being forbidden, and then explains that we learn the halacha of Yibum of the other arayos from the halacha of Yibum by Achaz Ishto. Alright, so now we go to our Simadav Gimel, and our standard simon is a Gamal, a camel. So here goes. The judges at the Putter, but not Usser, Yurtzara from Yibum Camel Race, who ruled that the Ilanis and Sota should be excluded from the competition, declared the Achaz Ishto the winner as she crossed the Aleha. Finish line. Once again, it's a motion. The judges at the Pater Banat Usher, Yurtzara from Yibum, Camel Race, Camel Race, that must mean Rondaf, Gimel, Gamal. The judges at the Pater Banat Usher, Yurtzara from Yibum, Camel Race, which reminds us, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, why did the Mishnah use the word Potros, which implies that the Tzoros can do Yibum if they wish, instead of Osros, they're forbidden. The Gemara concludes that if the Mishnah would have said Osros, then we would think that even if one of the Arayos married someone besides the person's brother, and then this husband died, the Tzor would be forbidden to the brother. Therefore, the word Potros teaches us that the Isra of Tzor is Erevah is only if they marry his brother. So the judges at the Pater, but not Usser, Yurtzara from Yibum, Camel Rays, who ruled that the Ilanis and Sota should be excluded from the competition, which reminds us, the Gemara here asks, what does the number 15 in the ratio exclude? And what does it say for the mission that says, Hari El Potros, behold these exempt come to exclude? The Gemara explains that these two Mi'utim are coming to exclude that which Rav said, that a Tsar of a Sota is Pater from Yibum, and that which Ravasi said, that the Tsar of an Ilanis is Pater from Yibum. The mission has come to teach that only the 15 women listed here exempt their Tsaros from Chalitz and Yibum, but the Sota and Ilanis do not. So the judges at the Pater, but not Usser, your Tsar from Yibum, Camel Race, who ruled that the Ilanis and Sota should be excluded from the competition, declared the Akhaz Ishto the winner as she crossed the Aleha, finish line, which reminds us we learned from the Gezer Shaba of Aleha by Akhaz Ishto and the Mitzvah of Yibum, that just as the Pasuk of Yibum is dealing where there is a Mitzvah, so too the Pasuk of Akhaz Ishto is referring to when there is a Mitzvah of Yibum, and the Pasuk there concludes, Osikach, you shall not take a woman in addition to her sister. We therefore read the Pasuk of Akhaz Ishto as follows, one may not marry a woman and her sister, even to do Yibum. The Gemara continues bringing the source for Tzaros being forbidden, and then explains that we learn the Halacha of Yibum of the other Arayos from the Halacha of Yibum by Alchus Ishto. So once again, the judges at the Pater, but not Aser, your Tzara from Yibum, Camel Race, who ruled that the Ilanis and Sota should be excluded from the competition, declared the Alchus Ishto the winner as she crossed the Aleha finish line. Alright, now it's time for Por Blabak Hazara. Daf Chaf Hei. So the Simon Daf Chaf Hei is a silver wedding anniversary. 
So here it goes. The husband's silver anniversary plan. Silver anniversary? That must mean we're in Daf Chav Hey. The husband's silver anniversary plans fell apart when the one you ordered from the Galil became Tameh, when it passed over the strip of Kusi land, which reminds us that the Gemara explains that the Ami Arts and Yehuda were trusted regarding the Tower of Kodesh wine and oil throughout the year and during the wine-pressing season and all-pressing season. They were also believed regarding the Tower of Truma. But those in the Galil would not be able to bring their wine and oil to the base of Migdash, that's in Yehuda, for the Rabbanim were Gozer on Eretz in the land of the nation that imparts Tuma to foods that are transported through it. This is because the Nachrim did not always mark their graves, which were then liable to be plowed over resulting in strewn bone fragments. So, the husband's silver and Rusi plans fell apart when the wine he ordered from the Galil became Tameh, when it passed over the strip of Kusi land. And the only way he could borrow some Truma wine from his Cohen friend, who improperly accepted it from an Amaharetz, which reminds us, the mission had taught that Amiharetz are believed about the Harab Truma wine during the wine-pressing season and oil-pressing season. This is because... During these times, Amiyars are careful to purify their kalim and themselves to ensure the tahara of the new truma. Now, if the seasons have passed, the Kona Chavar is not permitted to accept the barrel of truma wine or oil from them. However, the Amiyars may set it aside until the next season and then give it to the Kohen. Then, Rav Sheshus was asked, if the Kohen accepted it from them, what is the din if the Kohen set it aside for the next pressing season? Rav Sheshus attempted to bring a proof that he's not permitted to do so, but it's rejected. So, the husband's silver anniversary plans fell apart when the wine he ordered from the Galil became Tameh, when it passed over the strip of Kusi land, and the only way he could borrow some Truma wine from his Cohen friend who improperly accepted from an Amaharetz was to go through and check a base of Pras, which reminds us. The Gemara brings a mission in Oholos that states that Beis and Beisil agree that we check a base of Pras for bone chips for people on their way to offer the Pesach, but we do not check it for those on their way to eat Truma. Rush explains that in the case of Truma, since there's no fixed time for it to be eaten, the person can wait seven days and do Hazah on the third and seventh day. The Gemara asks, if one checked the base of Pras in order to bring his Pesach, may he then eat his Truma based on this checking? And answers that just as in our mission, we learned that if an Amaharist told a Chavar that he separated a quarter log of oil as Kodesh, he is trusted regarding the tahar of all the oil in the barrel. So to here, since he's trusted regarding the Pesach, he's trusted also regarding the Truma. Dav Chavav. So the similar Dav Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The soldier on his way to return some clay kalim he stole during the military coup. Military coup? That must mean we're in Dav Chavav. The soldier on his way to return some clay kalim he stole during the military coup because he did teshuva, which reminds us the Gemara resolves a contradiction between our mission, which states the tax collectors who entered the house and similarly ganavim who returned clay vessels they stole are believed to say we didn't touch them. And the mission from Taos that states that if thieves entered the house only the objects in the place where they walked are tummy referring to the areas where items were definitely stolen. Now, if the killing in the place that they walked are presumed tame, then certainly the killing they stole and returned to presumed tame, Rabbinicha said in the name of Rava Kusha Asad Chuva, Armish is dealing with the case where the thieves did chuva. And Rashi explains that since they're returning the killing as an act of chuva, they certainly would not lie about the tuma status. So, the soldier on his way to return some clay kalim he stole during the military coup, because he did teshuva, bought some leftover dough that a baker was selling after the chag. Which reminds us, the smalchok still coming from Yudah whether the merchants can sell leftover wine or dough from the regal that Amei Arts touched, the chamim hold. That even the rabban suspend the tuma of Amei Arts concerning the chag. The Amei Arts are considered chaverim. After the regal, retroactively, the wine and dough become tamay due to their touching it, and chaverim are prohibited from selling it. Even though Rabbi Yehuda agrees that the wine and dough are tame, he permits the sale of the leftovers after the regal. For if the merchants were not permitted to do so, they might be reluctant to sell during the chag, which would make it difficult for the Ole Regalim to get wine and dough during the regal. So the soldier on his way to return some clay kalim he stole during the military coup, because he did teshuva, bought some leftover dough that a baker was selling 
after the Chag, whose store sign depicted a shulchan lifted and displayed to the people with the tagline bread that makes you feel beloved. Which reminds us the final mission of the Masech that details how the Kelly and the base of Mikdash were purified after the regular mission states, all through the Chag they would say to the Kohanim who are Amri Arts, be careful not to touch the Shulchan. The more questions whether the Shulchan can become Tami at all, since it's a Kli Asui Lanachasu, a wooden Kli that's made to be stationary. And the din is that such Kelim do not become Tami. The reason is that for a Kli to become a it must be similar to a sock. Just as a sock is carried Malay Varekam full and empty, so too must any Kli be carried full and empty. The more answers that the Shulchan is carried full and empty for Rachel Hishtad, the Shulchan would be lifted and breads displayed to the Oyer Gaon, and the Kohanim would say, See your belovedness before the omnipresent for the bread at the time of the removal is hot and fresh as it was at the time of being placed in the Shulchan the previous Shabbos. So since we see the Shulchan was made to be carried while laden, it could be Makabotuma from Amayaretz. Dav Chav Zayin. So the Simmer Dav Chav Zayin is a kazoo. So here goes. The Chagiga Kazoo Children's Band. Kazoo? That must be more in Dav Chav Zayin. The Chagiga Kazoo Children's Band, gloriously blowing their kazoos at the Seder Moetzium, where guests sat at a table that looked like a Mizbeach, which reminds us the Gemara brings a puzzle that begins with a reference to a Mizbeach and ends with a reference to the Shulchan and asks why the Shulchan is called the Mizbeach. Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Hakish both said, During the time when the Beis Mikdash stands, the Mizbeach would be Mechapra for a person. Now that there's no Beis Mikdash, it's a person's Shulchan that's Mechapra for. Rush explains that one's table atones for him through Achnas's Orchim, inviting and feeding guests. So the Chagiga Kazoo Children's Band, gloriously blowing their kazoos at the Seder Moetzium, where guests sat at a table that looked like Gamiz Beach and was plated with gold, which reminds us that we learned in the Mishnah Daf Chavav on the base that Rebbe Ezra held that all the Kelim in the base of Migdash required Tevila after the regal, except for the Mizbacha Zahav and the Mizbacha Nechoshes, because they're like earth and are not Makamotuma, the Chamim in the Mishnah say, Mithnesha and Metzufim, because they are plated. The more provides two explanations for what the Chamim are saying, one where they are disagreeing with Rebbe Ezra and one where they are actually agreeing with him. So the Chagiga Kazoo Children's Band, gloriously blowing their kazoos at the Seder Moetzium, where guests sat at a table that looked like a Mizbeach and was plated with gold, watched fires leap up but not burn all the time the Chachamim and Jews filled with mitzvahs who came together to celebrate. Which reminds us, what Yavau said in the name of Belazar, the fire of Gehenim does not rule over Tom Chachamim. It's a Kavachomer from the Salamandra, which Rashi explains is a beast created from a fire left burning for seven years straight. Rachel Hakish said, that the fires of Gehenim do not rule over sinners of Israel from a Kavachomer from the Mizbach HaZahab for just as the Mizbach HaZahab is only a dinner's thickness of gold, yet the fire does not have power over it. Then all the more so, Poshe Yisrael, the sinners of Yisrael, Shemulein Mitzvahs Karimon, that are full of mitzvahs as the seeds of a pomegranate. Dab base, so the similar dab base is a bias, a house. So here goes. When the group of sorrows packed out of their deceased husband's house, house, that must mean we're on dab base, bias. When the group of sorrows packed out of their deceased husband's house, since they were putter from Yibum and Chalitza, which reminds us, the Mishnah opens with the din of fifteen women, which the Mishnah will identify as a riot, exempt their co-wives 
and their co-wives are their co-wives from the Chiyav of Chalitzer Yibum, and then goes on to explain how this works. So, when the group of Tsaros packed out their deceased husband's house, since they were Pater from Yibum and Chalitza, knowing that he had a wife who was one of the 15 Orayos who exempt them, which reminds us, the Mishnah lists the 15 Orayos of the Yibum who exempt their Tsaros from Yibum and Chalitza, and we use the numbers 333-321. Three daughters or granddaughters from out of wedlock, three daughters or granddaughters from a marriage, three mother-in-laws, three sisters, two wives, and one daughter-in-law. So, when the group of Tsaros packed out of their deceased husband's house, since they were Pater from Yibum and Chalitza, knowing that he had a wife who was one of the 15 Orias who exempt them, they were suddenly turned back when they were informed she had just passed away before his death. Which reminds us, the mission continues, And regarding all these 15 women, if they died before he did or was a minor and did mean terminating her marriage to the brother, or they were divorced from him at the time of his death, or were found to be in Ilanis, so that the marriage was terminated before the husband died, their Tzoros are permitted to do Yibum or Chalitza. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus three bonus questions from previous Masechtas. Number one. Which stuff was the question to ask what the din is if a Kohen improperly accepted truma wine or oil from an Amma Arts, not during pressing seasons? That's on Duff. Chafe. Good. Number two. Which stuff did we learn why the Mishnah uses the word potros instead of osros? That's on Duff. Good. Number three. Which stuff did we learn that there are two pshatim what the Chachamim mean when they say that the Mizbach HaZahav and the Mizbach and the Choshes are mitzufim? They're plated with gold. That's on Duff. Chavzain. Good. Number four. Which stuff do we learn that there are four cases when an Arabah does not exempt her tsara, such as in the case where she died or was divorced before her husband's death? That's on Duff. Base in Yavamos. Good. Number five. Which stuff do we learn that the fire of Gehenna is not showing on Tamil and it's also not showing on Poshi Yisrael, which are filled with mitzvahs like a Rimon? That's on Duff. Chavzain. Good. Number six. Which stuff do we learn the Mishnah lists? The 15 Arayos, that's on Duff. Base. Good. Number seven. Which study in the Gezer Shabbat of Aleha with Akos Ishto and Yibum is the basis to teach that an Erva is Pater from Yibum, that's on Duff. Gimel. Good. Number eight. Which stuff do we learn that a Kli is Mitzarf, what is in it for Kodesh from the Pasuk Kav Achas, that's on Duff. Chav Gimel. Good number nine. Which of the one the Pasuk calls the Shulchan of Mizbeach? Because nowadays, the Shulchan is Mechaper for us through Hakanas Azorachim. That's on Dav. Chav Zayin. Good. And number ten. Which of the one the Mishnah mentioning the specific number of arrives and then stating Haryelo Potros is to exclude the Tsar's Sota and the Tsar's Ilanis from the list? That's on Dav. Gimel. Excellent. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which stuff do we learn that with the original light of creation, one could see from one end of the world to the other? That's on Duff. Yidbeis and Chagiva. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we learn from a Gezer Shabbat to Nazir that an Avel does not cut his hair for 30 days? That's on Duff. Yudtesim about cutting good. Number three. Which stuff do we learn that Shmuel brings a Pasuk to teach the Kashbarku who appointed various leaders to save us when we were in each Gullus? That's on Dav. Yudal from Megillah. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.